the Houston Astros played the Oakland A's and they were supposed to get swept because the last time they played them in Oakland, they got swept this game, this series, this homestand had a whole lot different feel to it. It had a feeling like these are the American league's best hitters and pitchers that you see hands down. The Yankees are reeling. The Astros are on fire right now. Lance McCullers Jr. came back, and it was like another trade deadline acquisition. And he lit Minute Made up, and it was a great game on Sunday to get the sweep. We'll talk about the impact that they have had on the Uvalde community and how some special moments happened today at the hands of the Astros and their supporting fans all weekend long at this Hall of Fame weekend. Let's have a Hall of Fame podcast right now with Locked On Astros. Hello and welcome to Locked On Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric the Man Heisman and Brett H-Town Wheelhouse Chansey. We are Locked On Houston Astros and we hope that you join us for a daily Locked On Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Talk Astros. You find the show at Locked On Astros, your team every day. Brett, where can we find you at? They can find me at H-Town Wheelhouse on Twitter and Instagram at Astros411 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always positive, always Stros. Today's show is brought to you by Alex Bregman. Alex Bregman <laughs> has come alive and he seems to be hitting Home runs left and right. He's just like waving the bat everywhere and home runs back-to-back games. And he actually promised a uh, young lady from Evaldi, Texas, that he would hit a home run in today's game. And he did it. The same situation as in uh, the game before uh, with two outs. Uh, you had um, Alvarez get on base and then another home run. And I believe that 11 of his, uh, what does he have now, 16 home runs? on the yes, seasons so. were um, at Minute Maid Park. So he definitely takes advantage of the Crawford boxes, but they still count. So uh, definitely a, a great game for the Astros. It's good to see that Bregman's OPS is all the way up to 814. He's not been on a hot streak. And if you're yes. going to have any success going into the postseason, you need Bregman hot. You need Alvarez hot. And Altuve's he's been pretty good all season. Tucker's starting to heat up. His OPS is up to 801. And McCormick uh, had another hit. Vasquez, he had a three-hit game. So there's a lot to talk about with uh, today. But before we do that, thank you for making Locked On Astros podcast your first listen every day. Whether it's on YouTube, go ahead and search Locked On Astros and just go ahead and subscribe to us. Give us a thumbs up and go and if you like our content, just go ahead and uh, watch us every day and go ahead and listen to us on your way to work, your way home for work or at work. Just go ahead and check us out on uh, Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check out the Locked On Astros podcast. So yeah, the A's are no longer our daddies. Um, I guess we <laughs> kind of uh, maybe unadopted ourselves from them. So now we are kind of a, on our own. And That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, Eric. There are so many storylines. Like, who who is the player of the game? Is it Christian Vasquez who gets his first three-hit game and scored a run? Is it Lance Berkman who went two for four and hit a home run like he promised that girl? Um, or is it Christian Javier? Christian Javier, he's not in the top of a lot of categories because he doesn't qualify because he doesn't have enough innings. But today he had six innings pitched. He had one hit, three walks, and six Ks. 
It was amazing. He's really one of the most dominant starting pitchers in the majors. Now, here's what he's accumulated so far, okay? He ranks third in opponent average at 191. The person that's in front of him at number two is Justin Verlander at 190. He's third in strikeouts per nine with 11.84, and he's ninth in whip with 05. One of the comments I just recently said right here that, you know, Javier in most people's um, in most people's starting rotation would be a number two. He's a number four guy for us. I mean, we've got McCullers back. I mean, this this weekend, Eric, needed to happen. This six-game homestand needed to go the way that it went because the Astros have been excellent on the road at home and against the A's, like we said before. They had kind of been a miss a little bit. But there was no mistaking. There was no doubting from the game that I attended when Kyle Tucker hit that grand slam to watching Chas McCormick do the things that he's done. And then Christian Vasquez finally gets in there, Eric, with a three hit game. So now he and Mancini have each recorded three hit games and you love what this team is doing top to bottom. And even when the relief pitchers aren't perfect, they're still not that bad anyways, because they're winning by a lot of runs. They're not, it's not close. There was that one game against, I believe Oakland where they kind of, the game I was at where they let them kind of climb back in. But for the most part, their body of work, I love what I see. And this lineup and this pitching rotation, Eric, I think is as dangerous as we've seen in Houston ever. All right. So the Yankees lost again. So now the Astros have a two and a half game lead in the American League. And that's a big deal. That number one seed would be very nice. I know that the Dodgers have more wins than the Astros. And uh, the Ash- actually the Astros have one more win than the, uh, sorry, one more loss than the Mets do at the moment. So uh, they're basically trailing two teams in the National League for the best overall record. So the Astros have their work cut out for the World Series. But right now, I think they're just focusing on the American League, what they can fo- uh, what they can handle right now. But the Yankees, they're, they're free-falling. Uh, they're just not playing great baseball. They're 2-8 and eight in their last uh, 10 games. The Astros are 7-3. and three. And it's just a total different Astros team. I know that we've kind of uh, – we were talking about them kind of going through a little slump. But the Astros are 75-41, and 41, and they're going to go on to face the White Sox. The White Sox are just not that dominant team. Uh, the Astros have won four in a row, and they've won eight of their last 11 games. So they're just playing a, a lot better well, brand of baseball. This is Astros baseball. Yeah, and this is Alex Bregman. So Alex Bregman, he's basically nine for his last 19 at-bats at 473 with three homers, eight RBIs, six walks, and an OPS of 1486. Kyle Tucker is nine for 21, no slouch with two homers, hitting 428, nine RBI, six runs scored, and a 1.305 OPS. And this is what I want us to really think about. The runs that have been scored, there were there were 21 runs scored um, in this series. 18 of those 21 runs, Eric, were scored on two outs. These were two out runs. These were home runs, grand slams, triples, doubles. And remember, we had been beleaguered by the runners in scoring position like why they weren't hitting, why they weren't pushing runs across. And that was a thing that we said they have to fix that. Right. And I'm not saying your games against the Rangers and the Oakland A's fixes that, but you actually have to perform and do those things no matter who you're playing, no matter what level the competition. So the fact that they're doing that with two outs, scoring multiple runs, two runs, three runs, 
I mean, it, it's, I mean, I, dude, I made note of it right here on Sunday. Alex Bregman scores two runs. Jose Altuve scores two runs with two outs. McCormick, a triple scored two. Bregman, his home run on Saturday scored two. Kyle Tucker, a triple scored two. On Friday, Yuli scored one. Kyle Tucker, a grand slam. Pena scored one. I mean, and those weren't even all of the, the runs that they scored today. They were 90% of the runs were with two outs. Right. That is a championship ball club. All right. I don't mean this to be a pun at uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., but I think that Lance McCullers was the shot in the arm that the Astros needed. Uh, he needed to kind of come back and kind of well, give the Astros. Unless, I mean, if you're, if, if, if we had ringworm, that would probably be an <laughs> apropos. Uh, you but know, you know what I mean? I, I think that I McCullers being on this yeah. roster means a lot to not just uh, not just to the fans, but to the players. Oh, the, that team played, Eric, there's a different energy in the ballpark, I think, automatically. And and I was wrong. I was like, ah, I don't know, man. Maybe Lance is coming back too soon. And I'm always willing to admit when I'm not correct on something or when I kind of miscalculate things. But, bro, he is – yeah, I mean, he came back and he looked great. James Click said, it's what you hoped for. We didn't know what to expect. And man, he gave them a solid outing. Yes. And uh, overall, it was just a great, uh, great game by uh, McCullers. I mean, we talked about it in a podcast on Saturday night. It was so good. We're like, uh, yeah, let's go and do a podcast. And we had a lot of y'all tune in and we're having a lot of people tune in. So guys, join the conversation. Uh, It's great to interact with you. It's great to interact with the people that make the Locked on Astros podcast what's what makes it great right now. And you know what makes your uh, your job greater? Go into LinkedIn. So let's talk a little bit about LinkedIn. Yeah, so LinkedIn is is has got you ready. Like I know the fall's coming up, the temperature's going to change, business is picking up, and especially for for small businesses, you need to go to the right place. And there's all kinds of job site markets you can go. So why go anywhere else other than LinkedIn? That's where basically 40 million people are daily looking for jobs there. They have a network of 810 million total. But what you can do is you can create a job post for free in just minutes. You can use the purple hashtag hiring frame um, and it doesn't cost you anything. And so what you do is you do this to spread the word that you're hiring for your network to find the right people to hire. They give you tools, screening questions, focus on candidates with just the right skills so that you're not interviewing 30 people versus the 10 that you really think would fit those jobs better. So for a small business and other small businesses, they've rated LinkedIn number one in delivering quality hires and leads. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Speaking of LinkedIn, uh, I'm looking at a couple of stuff. Uh, A lot of people are talking about Justin Verlander. Uh, We'll definitely talk about uh, his kind of categories in second because he's kind of overtaken Shane uh, Shane, uh, McClanahan in second. I can't mess that up. but Shane McClanahan. uh, Yeah, whatever. But um, you know what? Watching some playoff baseball with some wings, some um, great brews, and where would be a great place to go for that? Well, you know, I would say Hooters and NASA because not only do they have great wings, they have great service, and they have the world-famous Hooters girls. They have flavors like um, Chipotle. They've got, they've got, look, they've got 15 different 
flavors. I know Eric, he likes the teriyaki um, with his chicken tenders and fries. I like the honey chipotle, one of my favorites. But what's great is, again, great service, great brews. I mean, whatever you want, they have it there. And it's a great place to hang out. Rosie, the manager, um, has been there for a while. She's built this place up. She's got the best staff in the back. They cook the best wings. And they have on Monday through Friday what's called the Happy Owl Specials. Or most people call it Happy Hour, but they call it Happy Owl. It's three to six. It includes Hooterades, Legendary Rita's, your favorite beers on tap, so many drink specials. And don't forget Thursdays, which is drink specials all day long. So come out where the guys at Locked on Astros hang out and watch the Astros and get some great grub and brews. Whether you're watching them play against Chicago or Atlanta coming up, you need to go to I-45 South, exit 528 for great wings and the best service from the world-famous Hooters Girls, conveniently located in the Nassau Valley Shopping Center south of Baybrook Mall between there and Webster, Texas. Don't go to Galveston because you'll go too far. Come back, come see them for lunch, work, or dinner to celebrate in an upcoming special occasion. 20796 Gulf Freeway. Tell them Locked on Astros sent you. All right, so the White Sox are coming to town, and I, I was just looking at some stats, and uh, Dylan Cease is having a pretty good season. He has a 1.96 ERA. Justin Verlander is number one in, in actually in baseball. Uh, he has a 1.85 ERA. He has 15 wins. Um, he's got the most in the American League. Uh, actually, nobody else in the American League has more than – 12 wins. Um, so he's definitely up there. If you're looking at what Shane McClanahan has done, he's got a 2.28 ERA. So he's kind of, he's not having as good a season as he was having. Um, so his strike, everything's kind of come down a little bit for him, but, uh, Dylan Cease is up there with strikeouts as well. He has 174. If you're looking at the strikeouts, Shane McClanahan still has 165 strikeouts, compared to Justin Verlander's 134. But uh, if you're looking at the overall package, I st- um, uh, McClanahan has a 0.87 whip, and you have Justin Verlander 86 um, whip. So the numbers still compare. I know wins don't really matter that much. Uh, Verlander has 17 quality starts. McClanahan has 16. The ERA is a little bit higher. They thrown about uh, Justin Verlander's thrown 136 in- innings compared to 134 and one thirds innings. The only thing I could say about the two is they haven't thrown the most. Uh, the ones that have thrown the most are in the national league, but I guess we're not competing against them uh, if they're going for the Scion race. So um, well, that'll be, that'll be an interesting matchup going down the stretch. Well, this, this reminds me of the Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander race when they, I mean, it was right. like you, you literally had an argument, I think for both pitchers. Um, and they were on the same team. Garrett, Garrett Cole, a lot of people said should have won it. Justin Verlander obviously won it that year. And, you know, since you're, since you're talking about pitching Eric, and since you're talking about Justin Verlander, um, this is an important thing to bring up. James Click in his pregame interview said, basically, we're going with, with the six-man rotation. And um, Robert Ford asked them, is this a six-man rotation that you're going with because you want to give them rest or because you're trying to figure out who's going to be in that rotation when you get towards the playoffs? And he said, it's a lot of both. Basically, right. they have an issue where they have so many big time pitching names that you don't know where to start them all. But what he said is what they're going to do when it comes to bullpen is 
when you have a series of off days, what they're going to do is they're going to do piggyback starts to make sure that their guys stay fresh and that they stay stretched out and they don't get cold. So they're going to keep an eye on Justin Verlander. He has a lot of upsides, but they don't want him to be at a point to where they're overusing him. So the six-man rotation, this piggyback starting, is going to be a huge part, a huge aspect. And James Click just had nothing but great things to say about Lance's start and about having the difference between this year and last year, Eric, is we have Verlander and McCullers going into the playoffs. And if they go in there and they're stepping the way they're stepping, I really have a hard time believing that I could predict any other team beating them in any series even the World Series. Yeah, and it'd be interesting. Uh, I mean, the, the three starters will be interesting. It would be uh, who's going to be the fourth starter. I know a lot of people after the show said, well, maybe Christian Javier. I think you even said Christian Javier should be that guy. And uh, some people said, well, Urquidy. Urquidy's kind of a big game pitcher. I think you may see Urquidy definitely in the, uh, the, the second and third round of the playoffs. So, because they may need a fifth starter. But uh, I think it's, I think that. James Click is saying we're using the six-man rotation to see who we're going to use in these big games. And um, I think Seth Martinez was a kind of a uh, got caught in the numbers game. He deserves to be up here, and he, he may be up here. You may see a situ- situation where somebody like Luis Garcia or somebody gets left off a playoff roster in favor of Seth Martinez because he is in the bullpen. And he uh, maybe not for every um, round, but maybe for like the ALDS, something like that, just to get an extra reliever on there because Martinez deserves to be up here. Uh, there's no bot, well, no and ifs or buts, but there, there's just nowhere else with Will Smith on this roster, nowhere else to put him. Well, yeah. So and and he addressed that. He basically said what we want Seth to do. So we told him that this isn't because of anything he hasn't done but we've given him a goal. When you go down to Sugarland, we want you to work on your execution against lefties. He said, uh, and this is from James Click directly, Sean Martinez has a lot of, I'm sorry, Seth Martinez has a lot of upsides, but they want to be, his point of focus is should be on lefties. And he said, basically, he sees him down there in a short-term manner. Abreu has been towing the line and has been doing well they felt it would benefit Martinez more to go down and work on, you know, handling lefties because of the three batter minimum and things like that. So they want him to be ready from what James click was saying. He's going to be on this playoff roster from what James, he said, he's going to be a big part of what we do going forward. So I know, I know, I know Martinez kind of took it hard, but he understands it. And James click had nothing bad to say. And again, it's a, it's a great problem to have Eric, We've got the best record in the American League. We're 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 rolling right now, and we're having arguments as a fan base. Talk about who should get more playing time: Diaz or Vasquez or Mancini or Dubon or McCormick. And my, you know, like we have this huge issue. Then, like, who's going to be the four starters? We have eight thousand starters, it seems like, and we've got guys being sent down that are playing phenomenal. Right. It's a great time to be an Astros fan. And that's why that's why James Click made these moves, not necessary for them to become starters, uh, Mancini and Vasquez, but for them to be quality backups in case of injuries. And just because you can never have an, enough talent because who knows what happens in the playoffs, the matchups, everything. So 
I think the Astros are deep enough to just go ahead and win it all. And so uh, BFF buddies um, ask um, <laughs> Eric and uh, Brett, do you start Diaz over McCormick? Um, I think in left field, uh, for the most part, depending on matchups, uh, yeah, Diaz has been uh, riding a pretty hot bat recently. I think that Diaz deserves to get a lot of starts in left field. I think you're going to see McCormick, with, uh, depending on uh, the matchups, maybe against some lefties. Um, but I know that uh, we want to see a lot more in center field, but I, it just really depends on Dusty Baker. I mean, but Diaz, yeah. I think that um, Baker's made it pretty clear that he wants to see Diaz out there. But at the same time, I think that Click is trying to steer more uh, Mancini to play a little bit more left field as well. And oh, we, you're, you're going to yeah. see Mancini playing a lot of a lot of left field. You're just going to see it, and I don't know if it's just going to be home games. But the bottom line is, I like I can't give you a straight answer on Diaz or McCormick. I think there are things that McCormick gives you that Diaz doesn't. I think there are things that Diaz gives you that McCormick doesn't. Diaz, to me, can be a guy that if he's not out there in left field or out in the outfield, you can give Altuve a rest. You can put Diaz at second. You can put Diaz at first. You can put Diaz other places. So I don't know if a Diaz-McCormick thing is really – um, comparable unless Diaz is playing a majority outfield. That is the great uh, like advantage you have of this Swiss Army knife type of player of Alebnis Diaz. But Chaz McCormick, Eric, this, this guy's been earning his keep. He has been earning more playing time. And I understand they're trying to get Myers up to speed. But I'm just wondering at what point do they come to the realization if Myers doesn't turn it around, that giving Chaz McCormick more more playing time benefits them in the long run and statistically versus Myers because Myers just doesn't seem to be really getting it done. I mean, even the hit he had today wasn't very – He didn't get hit wasn't very. Was he – He was hitless today. No, he, no, he hit a ball though. Oh, okay, he, he hit a ball. Oh, we're celebrating hits now, like no, contact. No, I, I know. Yeah, what you mean. no, yeah, I know. I'm not. I'm saying <laughs> his hit today would have probably been out had he been 100. percent Again, I'm no doctor. I'm no trainer. I don't. I don't see his medicals, but he just doesn't look to me like he's playing full strength. I really think that McCormick. This is his time to shine. McCormick to me needs more playing time than Myers because of the production and what you have on the upside of McCormick versus Myers right now. Right. And uh, Jay Roberts asked, do players have to be on the active roster before September 1st in order to be on the postseason roster? I don't believe so. They may need to be on the 40-man roster, but they don't have to be on the active roster. If right. you remember Randy Rosarina, he was not on the active roster on September 1st, but he was added as a minor leaguer right before. I believe he maybe played a couple games, but... Uh, but yeah, so I, I believe that I don't believe you have to be on the active roster, but, um, so, um, if you're, I think he's talking about Hunter Brown. Uh, that's who I'm thinking he's. Thinking yeah, about. I think I really think with the Seth Martinez stuff, I, I just, again, I don't see the reason you put Hunter Brown on here unless he's going to be one of your starters and you're not going to make a kid a starter at the end of a season in the middle of a playoff run going into the postseason. Why would you do that to a young pitcher? Uh, to me, it seems like it would, it could have more, cause more harm, Eric, than good. Now, I may be totally wrong. Hunter Brown may get called up and may have some stellar playoff moments. I just personally, 
I don't see it. It doesn't make sense to me in this in this current phase that we're in. I think Hunter Brown would have had to come up in like late June or early July for us to be talking about him being on this playoff roster. I just don't understand why y'all won't bet on uh, Jake Myers. He's batting 213 right now with the OPS of 574. Why can't y'all bet on him? I'm sure Bet Online is betting on him, right? I don't know. Uh, maybe so. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check out all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events and the number one online source for odds and lines and games. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, podcasts, they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet online where the game starts. Alrighty. So yeah, this is apparently um, Jake Myers, um, n- not fandom uh, chat day. Uh, so there's a lot of people not too f- uh, keen on him in the, the little chat room here. And if y'all want to join us, if you're listening to the audio uh, version, subscribe to us on YouTube. Come join the conversation. We do this like almost every night and we have like 162 people here. And if you haven't subscribed, go subscribe right now. Give us a like. I don't know. Somebody report how many likes there are right now, but go and give us a like while we're here and enjoy the conversation. And you know what? We have the White Sox coming. Uh, our are we going to uh, Chicago or are they coming here? Yes, this is a road trip. We're, on a, we're okay. going on a seven grade, a seven game road trip, four games in Chicago, three games in Atlanta. But here's the thing. Chicago right now is on the outside looking in when it comes to the playoff picture, Eric. They're not top of the AO Central. Um, Guardians are. <laughs> they, they have not been, they have not been playing well. And I don't know if they've won or not today. I'd have to check real quick. But nonetheless, the White Sox and the Braves do offer you an opponent that is a lot more quality than the Oakland A's or the Texas Rangers ever could imagine to be this year especially. So the White Sox beat the Tigers today 5-3. to three. And if I'm sitting here looking at the White Sox on their schedule, this is what they've done in the month of August. Um Actually, let's just go their last their last um, six games. They are four and two, but they've played Kansas City and Detroit. Um, They're six and four in their last ten. Yeah. Okay, they play Kansas City, Texas, Kansas City, Detroit. They haven't played anybody well, and they have one, two, three, four, five, six losses in that stretch. So, eh, I mean, the White Sox, they're a good team. They're going to compete. Dylan Cease is having a great year. That's going to be a fun matchup to watch. Dylan C, Justin Verlander. I like pitchers duels. I was listening to Sports Talk 790 today, and, and they had, um, I don't know what it was, but it was like Fox Sports, and they had some people talking about the White Sox, and they said that they make a lot of um, bad decision-making, like a lot of, like, they don't know the basic uh, baseball, um, like, just they don't they don't understand the game of baseball right and with tony uh, LaRusso there but well, yeah you know but here's the thing so it's cleveland minnesota and the white Sox. minnesota and the white Sox are tied right now and they're both two and a half games behind the guardians so um you know it's it's just one of those teams though i mean they're a lot better team than what we've been playing I think the Astros easily on this on this seven game homestand can come out five and two. I mean, Eric, we went 
we went nine and two versus the Yankees and the Mets. Why can't we go? Right. Why can't we go seven or why can't we do go five and two against two good American? Oh, one National League team, one American League team. Okay, um, I'm drooling over these pitching matchups. You ready to talk about this? Then we can um, you can yeah, look deeper it. into that. I'm gonna read the matchups and you can uh, look at the previews to tell us who the who the good hitters are. But in Game One Monday, it's gonna be Jose Arquiti. 11 and four with 3.85 ERA versus uh, Johnny Cueto, who's four and five with a 2.91 ERA. Then you have the game of the series. It's going to be Justin Verlander, who's 15 and three with a 1.85 ERA versus Dylan Cease, who's 12 and five with a 1.96 ERA. So that's a Cyan possibility matchup there. That's going to be an epic game right there. Wednesday, yeah. it's going to be Frommer Valdez, who's 11 and four with the 2.73 ERA versus Michael Kopech, uh, who's four and eight with a 3.18 ERA. Looking at those stats, uh, I think he's not getting a lot of run support there. Then you have um, Luis Garcia, nine and eight with a 4.03 ERA versus Lucas Giolito, nine and six with a 4.92 ERA. Looks like Giolito's getting the run support there that uh, Kopech is not. So yeah, exactly. Uh, well, well, if you look at this first matchup, and we've talked about Dusty Baker playing the matchups, Trey Mancini's hitting three thirty three. Now he's only had three at bats against Cueto, but if you're playing matchups, he has a highest average. There's not a whole lot of guys that have a lot of at bats. The most bats against him are Jose Alte, two twenty two. Actually, Martin Maldonado has fourteen. He's batting 143 again. Some of that's kind of par for the course. Alex Bregman with two at-bats, batting 500. And on the other side, you don't really have much against Arkady. Most of the guys have only gotten three at-bats, and you've got a couple guys that have got a single hit against him. So that that matchup right there, um, there's really not a whole lot to delineate from what the actual matchup is um, versus pitchers because those pitchers and those hitters haven't faced each other. Now, when you get into Justin Verlander, and Dylan Cease, you you do have a little bit more to work with here. Altuve hitting 500 against him. Yuli Gurriel, 429. He'll probably play. Mancini has three at-bats against him and hasn't gotten a hit. Kyle Tucker, 667. And you look on the other side, Luis Robert, three at-bats, four RBIs, 1,000. He's hitting against Justin Verlander. Um, and then you have a couple other guys, um, Zebi uh, Savala and Jose Abreu. So they've had some success. They've got some bats in their lineup, Eric. But I honestly wouldn't worry too much about the White Sox. I think if, as long as the Astros hit with guys on base, as long as they get two out hits, move runners over, put the pressure on, that everything will work out. I saw a stat that um, they've actually had an injury to a player of every body part this year. So that's actually pretty impressive. Like, uh, like different players, they've injured every part of their body this year. So it's just, it's weird how, how many different injuries they've had this year and they're still in uh, competition. So I don't know if that goes to the talent of the team or whatever, but a couple of injury notes. I know, um, uh, Drew Gilbert has gotten off to a great start with Houston Astros and, uh, he left, um, what was that? Uh, Saturday's game. Yeah. Uh, and uh, apparently he has a uh, right uh, forearm, forearm uh, contusion. 
and it's one of the best scenarios he can have. And uh, James Click said he'll run through walls to try to win. We are just happy he's going to be just fine. And what what did he say about Pedro Leo? Yeah, he said he had a facial fracture, and he said when he first heard about it, he was really, really concerned. And he said, basically, we need the swelling to go down. And instead of us thinking he was going to be out for months, he's only going to be out weeks. So he sounded very positive about Pedro Leon. He said he was very concerned. He saw the hit after it happened. Someone showed him the footage and he's like, oh my gosh. And he got on the phone right away. And, and basically the diagnosis is as good as it could be. There's no like, there's no like radio bone structure or anything like that. N- nothing with his eyes, just the swelling has to go down, you know, and Pedro Leon had that injury. I think last year he had another injury going on. So he's kind of had a rough go at it. He's a guy that I really hope in 2023 picks up some steam and makes, makes the Astros force their hand into bringing him up on the big league club. But Drew Gilbert, I mean, this kid right here, running into a wall to catch a ball. And that's the kind of player he is. You know, he's one of these young players. You remember young George Springer, how he was reckless abandoned in the outfield, always getting injured because he was all or nothing. That's the kind of player you get out of Drew Gilbert. And I can't wait to see what the future holds for him. And Melton, again, he's hitting home runs now. And um, hey, get this Quincy Hamilton, his first home run as a, Double A Corpus Christi hook was a grand slam to center field. And I, um, I congratulated him on that. He thanked us. And I know we're working right now on getting him on the show here pretty soon. All right. I don't know why we're talking about ice cream, but I do agree that Bluebell is the best ice cream. That's just my opinion. I'm sure Brett has Bluebell is the best ice cream in the country. Yeah. Like, Hey, we, (laughs) we may, we may do a show best, best like ice cream flavors, right. For, for Astros fans. Why not? I mean, we, we could do a whole show on that. I'm just very vanilla. I, I just like vanilla, but that's just me. So (laughs) (laughs) he's not even lying. This dude, like, Hey, he is easy. Like, you, you can have a menu of like five items and he's good. Like me, I want it all. I want all the different types <laughs> of foods. I want for different countries. I want the different desserts. Give it all to me. I'm a food connoisseur. Alrighty. So um, the Astros bust about 500 Uvalde residents um, to Minute Maid Park to watch the Astros play. And before the game, I know Alex Bregman promised one of uh, the young ladies that uh, he was going to hit a home run for her. And he did. And it was kind of a cool situation uh, that they did for the community. I know they've been through a lot. And uh, Altuve even said, we're going to go out there and try to get another world series ring for you guys. And Jim Crane said, it's an honor to have you guys here. And, uh, and they, apparently they had pretty good seats and, uh, Baker told the group, I'm glad to have you here. I've got nothing but love for you. The whole world was shaken. Glad you're here. Hopefully it can help the healing process. But the main thing is have a good time here today. And I know you're going to be loud. So um, it was just, and then Bregman also said, it means the world to us that we came here. We came out to play so hard every day for the fans and each other. Uh, we have to, we've had a great start to season. Hopefully we can bring you all a World Series championship this year. So yeah, uh, so not, the, um, yeah, so the PE teacher from the, from the school um, gave, gave Dusty Baker a Uvalde baseball hat. And he told him, he said, wear this. And whenever you guys need like a run or need a home run or a rally, just rub the hat. And I promise you, it'll it'll bring good things for you. And so Dusty Baker was seen wearing it. And it's the first time 
in a while that I hadn't seen Dusty without the glasses or sunglasses. And he was just grinning from ear to ear. So that's really neat. You know, um, I reposted the thing about the girl throwing the first pitch. And, you know, she said that, you know, this this person who I believe was 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 her cousin or I know was a relative that she would rather her be here to see the first pitch, but that she knew she was with her. And I just retweeted strength upon strength. And this is this is such a good thing for the Astros to get involved with, to be vocal about not only just bringing them to the game, but they've been in the community since this has happened. They've yeah, they went there. out there. Yeah. They've been handing out supplies. They've distributed over 2,500 tickets to the Uvalde community. And that's what I love about this ball club from Hurricane Harvey to anything, the pandemic, anything that's happened, this Astros team has been in the heart and center of it. And that's why I almost laugh when I hear opposing fan bases talk about how this Astros organization is such a terrible organization. They don't know a thing about this Houston Astros team. They don't know a thing about this Houston Astros community. You guys are a part of it. We're a part of it. And it's blessed every day to be Uvalde strong, to be Houston strong, and just to be a part of Astros Nation. Yeah, and it's so it's just great to see. Um, I I really think that Lance McCullers coming back to the rotation was just a shot in Astros arm, just get the oh, offense easily. going. I mean, they they've just looked great at the plate, and like everybody looks like they have extra pep on their step. And I think it's just it's just great to see Lance McCullers back because he is a big piece of this team. I know he's been in the dugout and everything, but. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't replace what he can do on the field and everything. So I think that uh, it's great to see what they've done against the A's. Now they've got to take at least at least three or four against the White Sox. And I know they're playing at Chicago, Chicago, I guess I should say. So um, but I, I think it's an easy job to do. The game that's going to be really tough, I think, is going to be the Tuesday game. That could be like one of those one to nothing type games, especially as good as Justin Verlander and Dylan Cease are pitching this year. Any closing thoughts? No, I just, um, what an exciting weekend. And I know this next week, uh, most of us, if not all of us, have are, are going back to school. So we want to wish all the kids, all the students, all the teachers have a great first day back. Have a great new school year, 2022-2023. Make it your best school year. Kids, stay in those books. Study hard. Listen to your coaches. Listen to your teachers. Listen to your parents. And teachers, please know from the bottom of our hearts, our fellow teachers, our prayers go out for you. It's going to be a great school year. I'm excited. And go Strohs. All right, that's all we got for this special edition of the, uh, not special, but the Sunday edition of the Lock On Astros podcast. It's always special. So make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube and make sure you check out uh, solely over the Locked On MLB podcast and uh, make us your first listen every day. And let's have a good series versus the White Sox. And remember, Rosie over at Hooters doesn't wear White Sox anymore because of 2005. Ghost Rose.